Moving Iron Podcast is proud to be part of the Global Ag Network. The network is going live soon, so check out globalagnetwork.com for more details and updates. Now on to the show. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving iron. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Tax Moves with Glenn Birnbaum. Glenn, hey, Happy New Year. Hey, Casey, Happy New Year to you. Okay, man. Well, it looks like uh, you brought up January 15th is the fourth quarter yeah. tax estimates due, and, and you talked something yeah. about that, but you have a little different idea about this year than years past. Yeah, so, you know, January 15th, um, Tuesday this year, so we're, we're recording this on Friday. We got, we got a few days here, but January 15th is the deadline for fourth quarter tax estimates for most taxpayers. So we're working with a lot of people to, to look at making sure you're paying tax estimates, you know, for the fourth quarter. But for farm clients, um, a lot of farm clients maybe haven't made a fourth quarter tax estimate before or possibly haven't made tax estimates at all. And, and that's because there's this rule that says, well, you don't have to pay estimates. Again, if you're a farmer, you got to meet certain rules. You don't have to pay any estimates, just file your return, pay your tax by March 1st. So earlier than April 15th, by March 1st, just you know, get everything done out the door by then. So that's a pretty common strategy uh, that, that, that a lot of farmers use, right? Just kind of get it out the door, get it done. Well, the other option that farmers have, which is again, is better than, than the average taxpayer, is they can just make one fourth quarter tax estimates. They don't have to make the first quarter. They don't have to make the second quarter. They don't have to make the third quarter. They just make one fourth quarter tax estimate, and that would be due, you know, your January fifteenth, and then they'd have until April fifteenth, so not March first, April fifteenth to file the tax return. So, those are the two main uh, kind of rules for farmers. Now, why would we want to? in particular this year make a fourth quarter tax estimate and not file our return until april 15th okay that's that's the question what we're dealing with here is with tax reform and there's still the proposed regulations on the grain glitch fix or have never been issued so we're not even talking about the final regs we're talking about the proposed so there's still some uncertainties so if there's every year to possibly wait, right, have some hindsight behind you, you know, we don't really want to rush and get this return filed by March 1st. And potentially farm clients that have, you know, 1099s or K1s or ethanol plants, you know, you may not be able to get all that information even in by March 1st. So we're really telling people this year to in particular, probably, you know, make that January 15th estimate and then we'll have until April 15th, you know, to, to, to figure out the rules. Now, so what, what do we have to pay by January 15th, okay? Different rules, I'm not gonna go over the main, the basic rules for most taxpayers, I'm just gonna talk about the farm rules here. You basically pay the lesser of 100% of last year's tax, so 2017's tax, 100% of that tax, or you can pay two thirds of what you think 2018's tax is gonna be, okay? So you look at that and you, you know, whichever is less. So. It's a, it's a nice little break because I only have to pay two thirds of the tax I'm expected to owe on April 15th, basically. So another reason to pay it. 
Um, so Casey, the other thing is the interest rate on this, you know, we know, I'm sure you're aware of this, interest rates are going up, right? Line of credit interest rates are going up. Well, the IRS interest charge, if I don't make any estimates, and if I just pay my tax on April 15th, I can do that. I mean, it's, there's nothing absolutely wrong by doing that, but I would get charged an interest factor. And that interest factor is now 6%, which, you know, isn't terrible, but it was only 4% last year. And most importantly, this 6% rate is not deductible, right? Because it's basically a penalty. So it's a 6% rate. Um, you know, if your line of credit is, let's say your line of credit is 6%, you know, it still would be a little bit better, right, to borrow on your line of credit paying 6% that's deductible as opposed to just not paying anything and just, you know, having that 6% penalty by the IRS. So a lot of good reasons to look hard at paying a January 15th estimate because it can reduce your penalties and it doesn't mean that you have to file by March 1st. I had several customers this year <clears throat> decide that they were going to, um, and even people I've talked to that talked about, you know, 2018 was a fairly decent year for some folks, just based on bushels, not necessarily price, but bushels. Yeah, yeah. And they talked about rolling some stuff over into 2019. Mm -hmm. Talk about that a little bit, and, and do you see that being a bigger trend in the first part of the year that some folks may have looking at 2019 rather yeah. than already? Yeah, I mean, you're, you know, we've seen just obviously prices haven't been as good. Bushels were good, generally speaking. So if prices aren't as good, you know, just there weren't as many sales in the fall, you know. Um, so I think what you're saying, Casey, if I'm hearing you right, is, you know, more grain is being carried over right. to next year, 2019. And, and so you kind of have to start thinking about, well, maybe my, my actual 2019 crop year, you know, let's say we have trend line yields and, Maybe it won't be that good from an accrual basis, but if I'm carrying it, you know, and, and prices come up and I, and I end up selling those bushels, I might have still a pretty high taxable income number for 2019. Uh, it, sometimes there's just a lag there, so you got to watch that. Um, there are ways, just a quick reminder, you know, if you did sell your grain in the fall and you elected to take your money, you know, on January 1st, so you obviously by now you've cashed that check. You know, just as a reminder, you can elect to push that income back into 18 if you would need to, if you need it, like if you want to take fast depreciation on something, you know, you, there, are, there are ways, right, talk to your tax person about pushing those January of 19 deposits, as long as they were sold at 18, pushing it back into, into 18 for some flexibility. So, but yeah, you've got to look long term. That's why when we're talking with our clients, you know, most of the time we, we like to also have the balance sheet, you know. In perspective, hey, what's your grain carryover? How much prepaid do you have? Because ultimately, that is going to be taxable income. When you, you know, when you get out of farming, you have no expenses, and if you got a million dollars of grain in the bin or at the elevator, that's a million dollars taxable income, and you know, you're in a very, very high tax bracket. So you got to have the long term in place there. Yep. But um, yeah, it's again just um, the other thing, Casey. There's some uncertainty that's come up here in the last probably about three weeks. I don't think we've mentioned on this podcast yet about the grain glitch fix, of course. We've talked about this many times, but it's basically just a transition rule, and I don't want to get into a whole lot of detail, but the bottom line is just for 2018, so this would not be a 2019 issue, but just for 2018, depending on how your co-op handled things in December of 17. If they, if they passed out extra 
tax benefits in December of 17 because they knew or they thought certain things were going away, you, you may be ineligible again just for 18. It's this transition rule, and we don't have the proposed regs, so there's some speculation on this, but you may be ineligible for the 1998 deduction directly. For grain sales that might have, let's say you have a co-op, your co-op's year end is May 31st. So what people are saying is, you know, it'd be May 31st of 18, right? Um, so if I had grain sales from January of 18 through May of 18, I may not be able to get that direct, you know, 20% or maybe it's only 11% deduction because in effect the co-op already kind of dealt with that year early in December of 17. So it's kind of crazy, uh, kind of a crazy rule, but, and, and I, I don't, I'm not prepared to say that is the rule because the, again, the proposed regs might deal with it, but just be aware that potentially some of your early sales, you know, January 18 sales in particular, could be kind of excluded. Um, again, won't be a problem in 19, but it's just it's just something new that's come up here and only about the last three or four weeks as people are, people are looking closer at this. So just more uncertainty, more confusion. And again, that's another reason to, to not file your tax return if you're a farmer by March 1st. Right on. Well, plenty of stuff going on, plenty of reason for folks to reach out to you. Glenn, if they wanted to give you a call and ask you some tax questions or just maybe uh, pick your brain about some stuff, how would they do that? Yeah, you know, best just to call us here at the office at Heinel Banwards. We'd be happy to talk to anybody. Phone number here, 309-694-4251. Or you can always look me up at, uh, on Twitter at, at Glenn Burnbaum. Right on. If you're not following Glenn, make sure you do that because there's a lot of good stuff that comes across on his Twitter feed. So, Glenn, uh, have a good weekend, and we'll uh, talk to you next week. Okay, Casey, thanks. All right, take care, man. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast. Remember, if you want to continue any of these conversations, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. You can also send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at movingironpodcast.com. You can also visit the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. Here you can find Morning Market Roundup with Chip Nellinger and Angie Setzer. Also, Tax Moves with Glenn Birnbaum. Moving Iron Podcast is proud to be part of the Global Ag Network. The network is going live soon, so check out globalagnetwork.com for more details and updates. You'll be able to hear Dryline Farmer Podcast, Girls Talk Ag, the Topsoil Podcast, Ag News Daily, Working Cows, Heifer Please, Throwback Iron, and Ask Agnes. Please visit movingironllc.com. Here you can find information, details, and updates for the 2019 Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review and subscribe at your favorite podcasting platform. And you can find this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and SoundCloud. So until next time, let's go move some iron. This is Casey Seymour. Out. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving